0: As much as I would love to dedicate this entire podcast talking about arguably one of the biggest wins in ASU basketball history, it's absolutely impossible to not begin this podcast by talking about the passing of Los Angeles Lakers great Kobe Bryant, who died in a helicopter crash early Sunday morning along with his 13-year-old daughter Gianna. As a Phoenix Suns fan, Kobe Bryant broke my heart on more than one occasion with his excellent play. But today I'm sure I speak Not only for myself, but for all Phoenix Sun fans and basketball fans, for that matter, all around the globe, saying that our heart is the one that's broken today, seeing one of the greatest to ever play the game leave us way too soon. Rest in peace, Mamba. You will definitely be remembered as one of the greatest basketball players to ever lace them up. It's a hard transition to make, but let's talk about the game the late Kobe Bryant loved so much, the game of basketball.
1: I was living in a devil town,
0: I didn't
1: know it was a devil town, oh lord, it really brings me down about the devil town.
0: Welcome to the Devil Junkies Podcast, I'm your host and devilsitist.com publisher Hodor Rubino. It was quite a game Saturday night in Tempe at a desert financial arena to say the least. Arizona State engineers its biggest comeback win in school history, down 22 points in the first half to their arch rival, University of Arizona, edging out the Wildcats 66 to 65. This was a 24th time in Bobby Hurley's five-year tenure that Arizona State was able to engineer a comeback win after being down at halftime. This was the sixth largest comeback in school history, and maybe Perhaps the most impressive stat of them all, the first time in 112 contests that University of Arizona had a double digit lead at halftime and ultimately lost the game. Now, yes, I'm aware of the old age cliche that in rivalry games, you throw all the records out of the window. The most talented team doesn't always win that contest, et cetera, et cetera. We've seen that a lot between these two in-state rivals in football and basketball, other sports for that matter as well. But Saturday night was really off the charts in regards to that cliche. It's almost as you thought you would never, as an ASU fan, see a bigger comeback against Arizona in any sport for that matter that would top the 2018 game in Tucson where Arizona State came back from a 19-point deficit in the fourth quarter to beat the Wildcats, and as, as if that 2018 football team for the Wildcats felt so bad about themselves, and last night, the 2020 basketball team for University of Arizona had an infamous hold my beer moment and proceeded to lose what was an insurmountable lead, as I mentioned, 22 points in the first half, even though Arizona State made a mini-run Towards the end of that period, they were still down 13 at halftime. What I think was even more impressive is the fact that they just came blazing out of the gates in the second half and started that period with an 8-0 run, but still did not lead the game in the second half until four and a half minutes left in the game. And Arizona State's defense in that period was absolutely phenomenal. By far, one of the best defensive efforts we've seen by the Sun Devils under Bobby Hurley. The Wildcats shot 28% in the second half were 0-3 from three-point range, had eight turnovers and 18 turnovers for the game, which ties a season high for the Wildcats. It really was an absolute domination on many fronts by Arizona State. And when you talk about coming up clutch, at least from a defensive standpoint, keep in mind that University of Arizona finished the game only one and eight from the field and did not make a field goal in the final three minutes and 13 seconds of action. So when you talk about rivalry games being so emotionally charged and that can definitely affect you either in an extremely positive way or extremely negative way, I think that even though the Sun Devils really came out in the second half as if they were shot out of a cannon, really fed off the emotion of the crowd, 13,500 in attendance. I would say easily 75, 80% of the crowd were Sun Devil fans, really keeping a trend that we've seen under Bobby Gurley in the last two, three years when it comes to the rivalry game in Tempe. But as much as Arizona State definitely could not have done it with without the crowd, pushing them so hard in the second half i still feel that in an ironic way they also demonstrated a lot of even-killness if that's a word and did not really get down on themselves all that much at halftime because even though they had that mini run late in the first half they were still down 13 points and again this was the 24th win after being down at halftime under bobby early so a lot of the players on this team definitely had there been there, done that effect on their side. But nonetheless, it really was a game that for the first 20 minutes, not a whole lot went Arizona State's way at all and really looked like a cruel deja vu of the 28-point loss that Arizona State suffered in Tucson just a few weeks earlier. Uh, The quirks of this schedule have ASU and Arizona playing each other within the first three, four weeks of January, and that's it. Unless they meet each other in the Pac-12 tournament in March in Las Vegas, uh, those teams will not face each other again this season. So in many regards, this was Arizona State's last-ditch effort to erase what was a painful memory earlier in the year. For most of the first half, it really didn't seem like Arizona State was going to do a really good job of achieving that feat. But the second half... Was an absolute thing of beauty, uh, playing so well on defense, as I mentioned, and on the offensive side of the ball, shooting just okay, forty-one point seven percent from the field, uh, but only twenty-three point five percent from three-point range. Didn't even make all their free throws were just two, two of four. But Remy Martin, uh, who was absolutely cementing his legend as a Wildcat killer. I mean, granted, compared to players like James Harden, doesn't have the immaculate track record, if you will, against Arizona State's in-state rival. But nonetheless, not only scores 20 points for the seventh straight game, scored 20 points or more in all of Arizona State's Pac-12 contest this year. And this was, by the way, Remy Martin's 13th 20-point game of the year. So you talk about a player that came into the season with extreme high expectations and really, for the most part, has been delivering on those accolades in a season that, let's face it, is, hasn't been all that great for Arizona State. And we'll talk a little later in the podcast what this win can really mean for the Sun Devils in the big picture. But Remy Martin, if you just look at his record against the Wildcats as a starter, he's th- so far 3-1 and one in those four contests, averaging points so he is one player that if you're an Arizona fan you cannot wait for him to finally exhaust his eligibility and if there's any common thread between Remy Martin and a player like James Harden who obviously left Arizona State after two years I think that is definitely one commonality between those two great players that they really have gotten under the skin of their arch rival and their fans. As great as Ray Martin was in this game, scoring 13 of his 24 points in the second half, he obviously needed some help from his teammates, and he did get that in the form of Rob Edwards and Alonzo Verge. And I think when you looked at Arizona State's team in the preseason, you really thought they were going to go back to their guard, your roots, as much as you can call roots a system of play that was just being displayed in Tempe just a short two years ago. But everybody thought that that was going to be the trio, if you will, that was going to really lead the charge for the Sun Devils. On Saturday night, we saw a glimpse of what we envisioned this team to be. And maybe it's just going to be an aberration. Maybe it's going to be the trend from here on out until the end of the season. But we saw Rob Edwards score eight points in the second half, only three and nine from the field, two of eight from three-point range. Definitely was instrumental as well as Alonzo Verge, the junior college transfer who really had a rough season. He's a player that Bobby Hurley was propping up quite a bit in the preseason. Talked about him being one of the best pure shooters he has ever coached. And Alonzo Verge, when you look again at the stat sheet, much like a lot of his teammates, not great numbers, scored only five points in the second half. Two of nine shooting, so another player that struggled quite a bit in that period for the Sun Devils, but, and this comes with a huge but, did score the winning basket for his team, driving to the hole with only nine seconds left to secure the victory for Arizona State. The unsung hero of this game, maybe unsung to some extent because Bobby Hurley did talk about him in his post-game comments, was freshman forward Jalen Graham. The local product from Phoenix Mountain Point High School, who in 16 minutes tied for the team lead in rebounds with seven, also had two assists, something you definitely don't see all that often from a big man in a game. Zero turnovers, again, for a true freshman playing that many minutes. That is definitely a rarity and really played, I thought, very well with Romello White being in foul trouble for most of the game. Romello White only had Six points in 24 minutes of action before fouling out late in the second half. And Jalen Graham, who was stepping in for him all night long, really was able to negate the absence of minutes, if you will, by Romello White and a very uncharacteristic performance for him when you look at the totality of the season. But at the same time, and I think this is a valid reason for concern, you look at Romello White's number in conference play, there's a little dip in both points and rebounds. Now, these are definitely numbers that can still go up because we're still fairly early in conference play. But if Romello White does continue to struggle as this portion of the schedule continues, I think that Bobby Hurley, if nothing else, just based on last Saturday night, has more and more confidence giving more minutes to somebody like Jalen Graham, who should absolutely be entering the rest of the season with a lot of confidence after the performance that he had against the University of Arizona. So this is a game that both sides will not soon forget. After the score was tied at 12, Arizona went on a 25-3 run to seemingly put this game away in the first half. So what does ASU do? They outscore their opponent 51-28 to the rest of the way, and the same Wildcats team that scored 43 points in the first half scored literally half of that output in the last 20 minutes of the game. And here we are talking about, as I mentioned, an historic comeback win by Arizona State. This is also a win that was witnessed by one of the best 2020 prospects in this region, a recruit that happens to be top 55 in the country. We're obviously talking about incoming freshman forward, Marcus Bagley. We were fortunate enough uh, to talk to Bagley, who doesn't really give that many interviews. We got his thoughts about this amazing Arizona State victory, which he witnessed in person, as well as his thoughts of his future with the Sun Devils next season. Okay, Haudre Bino from devilsitis.com over here with Arizona State's incoming freshman forward, Marcus Bagley. And uh, Marcus, let's talk about the game we just saw tonight. How exciting was it? It was it a... Was,
1: uh... Great environment, you know. come Comeback win. I actually told my dad at halftime we're gonna win this. So <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was exciting to be here finally. I haven't been here in, in a minute, so just to see uh, the steps the program is taking forward, and I'm excited. I can't wait to get here. What
0: did what, what gave you the belief uh, at half at halftime that Arizona State could uh, mount a comeback after being down 22-13 at halftime?
1: Uh, I just it's, I just felt uh, the energy in the arena. You know, we made a little run at the end of the first half to, to close it out. So I just I just like the uh, the momentum we had. So I felt, it felt good.
0: When you watch Arizona State's style of play in person, I know I know it's not your first time watching a game, but yeah. how do you see yourself fitting uh, in this team when you got to watch a game in person like today?
1: Uh, they get a lot of shots. Up. You know, I, I know I'm a, I consider myself a shooter. I can shoot the ball very well. So I can f- see myself fitting into the system very well. They like to run, which is similar to my school right now. So you know, Coach Harley knows what he's doing. I, you know, I trust him, and I feel like he's going to put me in the right position to succeed here.
0: I know, obviously, you don't need this win to validate your decision to become a Sun Devil, but how much maybe does it help at the end of the day when you see uh, your, your future team uh, pulling up a win like this against a ranked top 25 team?
1: Uh, it, it, I, I already knew I was going to. I know I'm coming <laughs> here. Like, that's, a, that's my just my dream school, so. But seeing that has been cool. You know, I've been going to the ASU U of A robbery game since I was since I can remember. So it was cool coming in, and kind of give me a little fl- couple flashbacks, you know, and seeing and week one. So that makes it even better. Out of all the games you saw
0: in person between those two
1: teams, was this the most exciting one? Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we I don't remember a twenty-two point comeback. <laughs> Yeah, I remember nothing like that. So, yeah, it was exciting.
0: I just want to talk about your, your senior year a little. I know that uh, a lot of recruiting analysts around the country are really uh, praising your game your senior year. Mm-hmm. How much do you think you improved from your junior year? What what have been some of the aspects you really has keyed on to have the senior year you're having right now?
1: Uh, I'm healthy, you know, that's the, best, the biggest thing. Uh, last year I was banged up a lot. But I'm healthy. I feel like I'm in better shape. I'm in better shape I've ever been in, I'm stronger. Worked on my shot a lot. I worked on. I worked on my whole game. I feel like I just overall got better as a player, and that's the goal every year: get better.
0: What What, what are your goals uh, at the end of the senior year? Are you going for that uh, California State Championship? Absolutely, that's the main goal for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay, Marcus, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it.
0: There it is, the unmistakable theme of March Madness. And after such a big win against Arizona, you wonder, can the Sun Devils be part of Selection Sunday and the NCAA Tournament? Arizona State, following its win against Arizona, is ranked 57 in the net rankings, what used to be the old RPI rankings. This definitely doesn't put them on the bubble. It would put them probably... Best case scenario as the next four outs for those who follow the various bracketology projections out there. And the truth of the matter is that Arizona State, 3-3 in Pac-12 play, a three-way tie for fifth place in the conference, somewhat has a new lease on life, if you will. It played an absolutely brutal schedule of games in January. And I'm not here to suggest that February and March will be a cakewalk, but Less challenging contest, by and large? Probably so, because Arizona State, playing U of A twice, Colorado and Oregon, have played four of their six games against ranked opponents. Looking at the rest of the schedule, Arizona State may not play a ranked opponent until the end of the regular season. But again, I am not trying to imply one iota that Arizona State should cruise from here on out, in conference play. ASU is definitely a school that has a lot, and I mean a lot, to accomplish to even be in the bubble conversation for the NCAA tournament. At the same time, when you look at opponents that are struggling right now, and you look at the first two opponents coming up on their schedule, and they're going to be both road games, and playing in Pullman in Seattle has never been a contest that coaches are necessarily salivating for. But playing Washington State, who is probably better now than they were in the last few years, is still ranked 10th in the Pac-12. And their next game following that is a matchup in Seattle against Washington, who right now is tied for last place in the league. So if you're looking for two games to build upon what you did, Against Arizona, what you did in the first six games, again, arguably the most challenging stretch of the season, especially when it comes to Pac-12 play, Arizona State does have more comfortable opponents, as much as you can use that word in a conference that has been absolutely unpredictable, teams cannibalizing each other back and forth. Arizona State, even though their record is nothing to write home about at 12 and 7 3 and 3 in Pac-12 play really has not had any bad losses to date. They haven't really had any marquee wins aside from the Arizona win. Some will say that their win against Georgia in non-conference play may somewhat qualify as another marquee win, definitely not at the level of Arizona who was obviously ranked 22nd when ASU beat them this last Saturday. Arizona State, by and large, has taken care of business against the teams it needed to take care of business. So can they do the same at Washington State and at Washington? That will determine a lot to any kind of measure of viability they may still have to qualify for the NCAA tournament. Granted, you always have that extra chance, if you will, and that is winning the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas in March, right after the regular season ends. If Arizona State had any prayer of doing so, they definitely would have to finish in the top four, in my opinion, avoid that extra game on Wednesday and play only, at least on paper, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to even entertain any thoughts of of that achievement. Now, again, when you're ranked fifth right now in the conference you can realistically talk about finishing in the top four. And now the question is, can you duplicate this formula of having that guard-you scheme, if you will, where Remy Martin, Rob Edwards, and Alonzo Verge are, I'm not going to say hitting on all cylinders, because that definitely wasn't the case against Arizona, but having those three players lead the charge for the Sun Devils night in and night out That, to me, is a formula that really has to be in place for Arizona State to make something out of this 2019-2020 season. But if you're going to have several games along the road where either Rob Edwards is off, Alonzo Verge is off, or maybe even Remy Martin is off, even though Remy Martin has been an absolute fire, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast with his 20-point game feats, I don't see any alternative... For Arizona State to be successful in Pac-12, unless you have those three players scoring in double digits, preferably at higher percentages than they were even in a game against Arizona. If that were to happen, the majority of the games, and then maybe you have Romila White playing a little better than he has so far in Pac-12 play. Maybe you have Tayshaun Cherry, Kimani Lawrence, freshman Jalen Graham, who showed obviously a lot of promises last Saturday chip in as much as they can, whether in the starting lineup or off the bench, maybe, just maybe, Arizona State has found that magic formula, for lack of a better term, that can really carry them through Pac-12 play. So that is something that definitely remains to be seen. The last thing you want to happen is to come back from the state of Washington being swept by both the Cougars and the Huskies. Because that undesirable scenario will definitely deem meaningless. A signature win for the Sun Devils, one of the biggest victories in school history, especially when it comes to beating its rival. So as my senior staff writer, Jordan Kay, wrote on the front page of devilsadest.com, Alonzo Verge's basket is the shot that saved the season. But now, can it also be a shot that Arizona State can build upon? That's going to be a huge question from here on out. So that'll about do it for this week's episode of the of the Devils Junkies podcast. Next week's episode will be more football centered as we talk about what Arizona State is expected to accomplish on the February 5th signing date, obviously a anticlimactic event compared to previous years when the early December signing period did not exist. But nonetheless, Sun Devils do have some issues that they need to address by that signing date. And we'll talk more in depth about that in next week's podcast. If you aren't already, I would definitely encourage you to subscribe to devilsdigest.com for all our football recruiting news, obviously our basketball news and even baseball. And we'll, we'll talk some baseball in some future podcasts in the, in the upcoming weeks. We already have some baseball articles up there for you to view. And you talk about a Sun Devil squad that, has extremely lofty expectations baseball america ranks them third in the nation in their preseason polls so we're definitely going to follow asu baseball as as that season progresses so thanks again uh, for tuning in uh this is otter bino enjoy the rest of the week
1: i was living in a devil town
0: i didn't
1: know it was a devil town Oh lord, it really brings me down
0: about the devil town